0: Uh I don't have a can ready to open yet. So Oh, here we
1: go. Opening the eggnog. Oh yeah, there you go. Shake it up. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 159 of CMD Towers Brews and Build. I'm Mr. Combat Number Five, and my fellow host could be tempted to put in a sword of fire and dice Big Tuck. Oh. See how's it going, uh,
0: I'm still I did. Yeah, wait, is that an actual card? Is that an uncard? No. Oh no. That would have been amazing, okay. though. Uh so here was something that I thought was here's something that I thought was gonna happen with this. Uh hey cats and kittens. Uh I'm slowly losing my mind as we get getting ready to go to Buenos Aires. So there's a card that I cause this whole Infinity thing made so little sense to me, right? About like if it's silver bordered or whatever. So when this yeah. came out, I was like, no way. Uh the sword of Dungeons and Dragons is finally legal. We can finally put it in decks. Maybe even the one we have today. And then I looked, it has a silver border. So I was like, well, that's lame, but whatever.
1: Uh, how are we doing? Hanging in there. It's uh, a Friday. Yeah, doing all right. It was kind of going through Hell Week right now. I'm now actually leading two completely separate teams. What? Um, so it, yeah, they basically had me take over the state of Iowa. i um, oh. from one of my peers. So now I have Iowa, Kansas and Missouri. But all of my team for Iowa is completely separate than the ones I have for Kansas, Missouri. So like mm. a different inside uh, rep, uh, different services peer, different data center peer. It's all new. So yeah. I literally feel like I'm being a manager, not being paid to be a manager, but right, still right, have right. to do all the same work because uh, I'm literally having to manage two different groups of people. So that's been a bit stressful, especially when you uh, dig into your sales forecast and uh, it's like, oh, 90% of this doesn't exist. And it's been like just pushed out in Salesforce quarter to quarter just to get it off the shit list on the radar.
0: Yeah. Using Salesforce for its approved reason for fudging the numbers.
1: <laughs> so I should have just,
0: co- just come and worked for, for your company at some point. Just do their Salesforce engineering. Yeah, you should. Because <laughs> it clearly needs help. The 40%... The funny part about that is like when I tell people, like if I meet someone out at a bar or like when I joined the rugby team and I was like, they're like, what do you do? It's like, I'm a software engineer and that's it. Right. I don't really need to. I don't need to say yeah. anything else. Right. I don't need to get into specifics of, well, I'm actually more of like a business systems manager. It's just like, no, I'm just a software engineer. Like, let's get it out of the way. And then eventually, like, if I talk to someone who's nerdy, I'll be like, actually, they're like, oh, what language do you do? Like, are you da-da-da-da? It's like, well, I'm actually like a more of a Salesforce business systems engineer. And they're like, what? And then every single person goes like, hey, fuck you. Like, they think, <laughs> I, they think I work for Salesforce. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to make your lives better for these different companies. Uh, yeah. So it's just funny whenever I hear people be like, Salesforce sucks. We hate it blah 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 blah. every single time i'm like i should just just do my own thing right because i've heard this from maybe 10 different friends and just be like look here's my card here's what i charge i can come and completely fix this up from the ground up so uh i say as i actually am supposed to be fixing a, a non-profit company salesforce on the side which i've not even touched in literally the three weeks since i met with them so
1: well good good it seems what like you you're uh, someone that outside contractors should be looking at apparently Hey, hire me. It'll take a month for me to start your project. I like, I think what I need to do. I think the problem is I have this like high fluting
0: idea that like, Oh yeah, I'll just take a break from work to go do this and like knock this stuff out. But like in reality, these people don't really, I feel like most people who are not it or don't, haven't been in an agile team. They kind of like, don't really know how to best explain what they're looking for. So a lot of times sure. they'll give me something like, Hey, can you fix this? And I go look at it. And I'm like, I need way more direction than that, right? Like I don't even know what you're. Tr- I don't even know what you're trying to fix. So
1: I need a lot more and, than just can you fix this?
0: Yeah, right. So I think it's. I think I'm going to try to work on that maybe when I'm down in Buenos Aires. So we'll we'll find out. So it all depends. Get this too. Okay. So last thing I'll say because this is the l- second to last recording I'll be on in November. Maybe the only one because we're recording the one on the Drinkathon, which actually comes out in December,
1: right? Yeah, but that one will be live. So so it's like, this is the last recording people will hear of you this month, but you'll be, this is your second to last live stream this yes. month. Yes, okay. So before I go, the last thing I'll say is, I actually
0: kind of, so when you went to Italy both times, right? What What's their like dinner schedule look like? Or like they're eating social schedules?
1: Um, well, I mean, you know, I kind of make my own schedule, uh, but I can tell yes. you from restaurant hours... Most, I mean, breakfast isn't like a real thing over yeah. there. It's more like coffee will be available and like a light pastry. But if you actually want breakfast, most of those places don't open until like eight in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Most dinner spots don't open until seven or eight at mm-hmm. night. Um, I would say most people don't go to dinner. Like as, as long as it's not like a busy restaurant, most people don't show up to like nine or nine thirty.
0: Right. Okay. That's the same thing in Buenos Aires. So, like, there's this gap of time between, like, 5 p.m. and 9, where, like, restaurants aren't open, and uh Senior Lane, my, our contact down there, was like, you need... He, like, had these strict things. where he was like, you have to eat at this time, or else you're gonna be starving and hungry for hours afterwards. And I was like, look, dude, you don't have to convince me to eat at any time. He asked me, like, what's your, what's your favorite dates? What are, like, your favorite dates for eating heavy meals? And I said Monday through Sunday. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, like, I think it's, I I only asked that because it seemed odd, but I forget that Buenos Aires is, is mostly found, fa- it's like supposed to be very, very European in that sense. Where, like, mm-hmm. people don't go till dinner to nine. All the tango shows and things that he wants to bring me to don't start till 10 or 11 on a weeknight.
1: It's like, yeah. ah, we gotta lose my mind, but here we go. Yeah, isn't, because uh, I think Buenos Aires was colonized by Spain or Portugal. What is it? One of the two, yeah. I think one? It's, yeah. It's one of the two, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's it's got uh, that people call it like um, the Spain and France of South America. So oh, okay. we'll see. Thirteen billion people, or sorry, thirteen million people in that city. So it's a big one, I was like thirteen billion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are they? on The top entire of each planet,
0: other? <laughs> the entire planet's population times times point eight in this one area.
1: Well, no, because I isn't the planet only like six billion or eight billion. I thought it was. Wait, I thought it was three. Am I way behind? Well, you said 12 billion, so it would be like 4X. Oh, it is X. Yes. Yeah. Hold on. Human? I'm So so basically, you're trying to describe Buenos Aires as Coruscant, is what I'm hearing. Holy shit! World population clock, 7.98 billion people. That's what I thought. Oh my god! (laughs) I know, and if you look it up, I think India and China is roughly... 30% 30% of the world's population combined? Yeah. Oh. Something like that. Cuz I think I know China's over a billion and I'm pretty sure India's over a billion. I just don't know how close they are to 2 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, hey Wait you guys, can come here for geography. We came <laughs> here for versus builds. It's our Woo! deck tech series. We conquered our path to 32, tackled tons of EDH themes, and we're going to be discussing or rather theory crafting a deck that does not exist yet. Um, we every episode will be a new deck and we correlate these decks similar to how we brew beer. So we really broke our decks down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your board state. We call that grain. Uh,
0: and just to, just to point out, Mr. Combo does knows anthropology, China, 1.42 billion, India, 1.41 billion USA, 335 million uh grains are the foundation of every beer they include both base malts and specialty malts using a 60 to 40 ratio this helps with the color the taste and most importantly the alcohol content of said beers decks always need ways to grow stabilize and ramp into bigger threats and just like a grain profile they usually mix up staples and specialty cards
1: and the next one is how does your uh board really interact with your opponents we call that hops
0: and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help separate subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it
1: wants. And then we have how does your deck close out, win the game, or just accomplish its shenaniguri? We call that yeast <laughs> Yeasts are
0: living microorganisms that eat the sugar, and, and the sugar for the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. I literally can't do this without reading these notes. We've been doing this for three years. It adds alcohol content to carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the
1: game. And then we do have shenanigans. It can be pet cards, kind of fun synergies that are just kind of in the deck. We like them. We call that spice.
0: And I got one in here that you're going to pull out your hair with, which I'm really excited about. Not every beer has them, but (laughs) Spice No, come on. I'm not a monster. Spice is another additive self-separated normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the cream that turns a stout into an eggnog stout. boom, uh, Or the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is what we generally talk about.
1: So without further ado, let's get brewing. Before we announce our commander, I do want to point this out to the collective. I may die of diabetes. One bottle of eggnog. seven hundred. <laughs> Okay, what what is it? Protein or is it just all
0: fat? It should be some protein. Uh, What's
1: read out those percentages? 18, Eighteen grams of protein, ninety grams of carbs, thirty four grams of fat. What's the percentages next to those? Uh, the protein literally doesn't show a percentage. <laughs> uh, the total fat it's forty four percent of your daily value. Carbs it's thirty three percent of your daily value. Um, it's 132% of the sugar content you're supposed to take <laughs> in a day. And it's 110% of the saturated fat you're supposed to take in a day. Whoa. Well, here, So speaking of brews and builds, do you know why
0: beers used to be brewed to be higher alcohol content? Uh, so they would last? Uh, close, beer. but it's when the monks who would brew them would, would fast. You can still drink when you're fasting. So the, the, those heavier beers have more calories, more carbs, oh. and more alcohol. That kind of like cuts their hunger out.
1: That's kind of so cool. Why, I didn't know that. That's why,
0: that's why all those Belgian beers, like those Belgians triples and quads, are so
1: strong and heavy. There that you is go. a good little tidbit. Infotainment, well, baby. The next infotainment is our commander. Uh, we selected the Space Family Goblinson. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting uncommander. So, Big Tuck, why don't you uh, read off this commander and we'll kind of maybe talk about why we uh, went this direction so the
0: space family goblinson is two colorless and gruel that's a red and a green for a one one legendary creature goblin guest uh that's an uncommon currently for a quarter uh the space family goblinson has trample. as long as you've rolled three or more dice this turn whenever you roll a die put a one one counter on the space family goblinson
1: yeah so refuse to read uh, flavor text from an uncard so suck it uh, the goblin word for vacation translates roughly to a battered landscape of noise and violence. It's like Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Vegas. Good. That's pretty. All right. So fair
0: enough. You got, you got me. That's pretty good.
1: We decided with kind of this season of Bruising Builds, we're really going to focus around legendary eligible commanders um, that have been recently previewed, actually released. Maybe it's a pre-con and it's brand new and focusing those on Bruising Builds. So then that way, as you guys, you know, not everyone's trying to build commanders that are a decade old <laughs> like <and> I sometimes <laughs> do. Sometimes you're going for the hot newness. So we thought, how fun would it be? You know, we just started with the pre-con last week. Now picking an unset yeah. legendary that's actually legal, um, I, I thought would be very entertaining. So really, when I look at this card, I feel like if you're building the deck top down as we do, it's Voltron. And yes. it's dice rolling, right?
0: Yeah. like that's kind of pretty much how I bowled it down. Um there's a lot of cards. the lion's share of the cards that have come out in the d and d sets, shockingly, to no one's surprise, have a lot of dice rolling mechanics. But I feel like there hasn't been one, there's only really been like one or two ish that really lean into it. And while I think this I think I think the only downside in this card is that it starts as a one one, which is kind of brutal, yeah, right. But I think that if you shove enough dice rolling and enough combat tricks and Voltron y stuff into it, this can turn into something that can quickly like quickly pick up steam and recover. Um, I think gruel I think gruel decks can be very aggressive and very fast out the gates, which I think is something that people might be surprised by this, where they look at it and they're like, Wait, so you're just rolling dice? And you're like, Yeah, but I might be rolling three, four a turn and we might just be like blowing off on there, additional with equipment and all the rest of the stuff. So yeah, so yeah, I built it sure. very much that way too.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that the key way that the card is written is whenever you roll a die, not one or more dice. um, Because that, even if your card says roll 10, it's like, great. I'm going to roll 10 dice, and we're going to see what I end up getting off of it. So I do really, really like that. Um, You know, anything that we can get weird gimmick mechanics like dice rolling, like more involved, like I'm all for that. Surprisingly, Tech, I'm curious your thoughts. It was pretty difficult to search in Scryfall for specific dice rolling cards because like if you just did dice you actually lost a bunch of cards right if you did the word roll it would pull any card that had r-o-l-l anywhere right, within right, right. even a word so i literally had to go do searches for d4 d6 d8 d12 oh, d20 just spam, boot, spam, just, just spam out that way It's <laughs> literally what i had to do how difficult did you find it to find dice specific cards well, I started looking, um, I kind of looked at a few
0: uh, pre-built decks and a lot of the decks that I saw people were building were for like limited, which is weird, like 60 cards. So a lot of them, or maybe it's pioneer or some other thing, it was not hundred card formats. So that kind of helped like getting the ball or should I say the dice rolling into my head about like what's good effects and what's not. And once I kind of found my core ones where I'm like, I feel like these are the ones that are most interesting or the things that are mm-hmm. like the coolest or anything along those lines. I kind of, it was, it took some of the burden off me to be like, okay, like we kind of have that base of it. What's three to five cards that we're talking about today that I might be able to punch this deck through or might be able to kind of put some finishing touches on it. But yeah, okay. it was, yeah. I mean, it's stupid because it's like, yeah, like you said, D4. Do you, Oh, let me ask you this. Can you identify the five dice that are used in primarily used in Dungeons and Dragons?
1: Well, D20. Yep. Yep these aren't, aren't yeah d20 uh i think there's actually six yep uh you got your d6 yep you have your uh, d12 yes and then i'm pretty sure there's a d8 or d10 yes.
0: there's one of each there you go that's your oh, six. there you go nailed it but when you play vampires the way that the good lord wanted you to you only need a d10 so there you go cut <laughs> down on dice budget
1: um, and then one thing I did want to look up is I'm kind of curious, especially with you saying that how many, oh my gosh, there's only 59 decks registered <laughs> on EDH rec with this commander. So definitely a fringe one. I could definitely see this being one that people are going to try to like look up and see yeah. if uh, there is something out there. So Let's get into this. Um, I'm well, excited. I, I got I got one last thing to
0: talk about okay. real quick. So EDH Rec does like the popularity of these commanders every, like every time a set comes out. And this was one of the unders. So we are choosing, not only are we choosing a fringe commander, we're choosing one that is likely not going to have 600 decks by the time this date comes around next year. So it's even wow. more fringe.
1: Wow. Well, hey, that's how we do it here. Uh, well, before good. we get into the actual meat of the episode, we would love for you to check out our amazing Patreon community at patreon.com slash cmd tower. Uh, we have four different tiers that go $3, $7, $15, and 25 Um, The, the higher the tier, the more swag, the more gear that you get. Uh, but even just for our base one, you get full um, unblocked access into our Discord community. Plus, between now and Thanksgiving, you do get a 20% coupon to our Etsy store that has all of our swag. So if you do have a couple extra bucks or you're looking to support CMD Tower, we would greatly appreciate it at patreon.com slash CMD Tower. So let's get over into the grains and I'll start this off. Now, look, um, Now, now, look, my grains aren't necessarily CMC friendly because the way that I really picked my cards is I tried to primarily focus on. okay. Someone's, if someone builds this, they're going to do their Kadamas Reach, Rampant Growth, Soul Ring, Talisman. They're going to handle that base ramp package that I think will help get you accelerated quickly. Yes. Th- this is a card, though, that allows you to roll a couple D4s and choose a result. Ooh. And maybe it's tokens that you get of the Beast Creature variety. Maybe it's basic lands that you're getting out of your library. So that's why I think Wild Endeavor. Is a really oh. good card to put into this deck. So four colorless green-green sorcery, roll 2d4 and choose one result. Create a number of 3-3 three, three green beast creature tokens equal to that result, then search your library for a number of basic land cards equal to the other, put them onto the battlefield, tapped. then shuffle. So okay. one thing that Tuck and I didn't talk about before we started the um, grain section is a- another mechanic I didn't include a bunch of them But there's a lot of mechanics uh, and cards out there that say, hey, ignore the lowest roll or roll an additional um, as well. So even though this is a D4 and it's like you could be getting like a one or a two and that would kind of suck, especially for six mana. I'm assuming by the time we can cast this, we probably have one of those. Yes. Ignore the lowest rolls and we're going to actually get three D4s and have a better likelihood to get maybe three tokens and four basics or vice versa.
0: Right, and again, we're going to be able to run this out so fast. I think that's like, I think this, get, I, the way I feel like this deck's going to be built is exactly like you said, right? Like, our most of our one through three drops are just gas, acceleration, yeah. right? Every single one we're going to shove in there because there's such limited of other things to get. And then it's mm-hmm. going to let us have these big payoff cards like this. And uh, it's funny that you mention cards that affect kind of the way you roll your dice. Because, and this was a different, this was a tough one for me, but I feel that the most bang for your buck you get out of your card is just coming it out flat, and it costs one mana even. And we were talking about Shaboy Barbarian class. So one red for an enchantment class. So it comes in as level one, then you can pay money to turn to level two and level three, right? So level one. If you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the roll. So for this for this build, I just put it as that, right? And there's this card, I think, is very strong in this deck because it gets even it continues to get better later into the game, but you don't mm-hmm. have to invest into it unless you don't want to. So Colossus in a red is level two. When you roll one or more dice, target creature control gets plus two, plus zero and gains menace until end of turn. In my opinion, that's where you can that's where you kind of can stop it in this deck, especially. And then finally, two Colossus in a red creatures you control have haste. So like I said, it's kind of fills in one of those... It's one of those cards that we've talked about where it was kind of hard to categorize. So I sure. showed just the fact that for one red mana, you have an enchantment that is difficult to remove for the rest of the game. It's going to help you get the dice rolls that you want.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm all for this. This actually was one of my picks. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it off, pick some other sweatier stuff, and, <laughs> and hopefully Big Tuck will talk about it. Um, and I think the the cool thing about this card is the fact that it does stick around. Um yeah. And I think a lot of players with these class cards accidentally glance at them online or in an LGS and they immediately assume Saga. And they're like, okay, yes. well, this thing's right. just right, going right, to be right. gone after three turns. And it's like, no, 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 no. This stays forever. Correct. And then it becomes the whole challenge of, well, how much enchantment removal do your opponents have? And do they really want to waste it on Barbarian class?
0: Yeah, is this, is, this a, is this
1: the one to do it on? Totally agree mm-hmm. with you. All right. So... My next card is uh I had to talk about one of the mana rocks. Because there are some mana rocks that do some cool things with uh dice rolling. Now, this particular one I really like because even if you don't need the mana, you could continue to tap it to roll a d20. Uh oh, uh oh, I hear a rattlesnake. There's a snake ra- in my boots. Oh god. It's no, rattling, baby, it's rattling. Three, two, one, Component Component Pouch, pouch. the best mana, well,
0: we might get there, but definitely one of the best mana rocks in the deck. Three colorless for an Artifact. It's an Uncommon, uh, and you get it for 22 cents. Uh,
1: Tap it to remove, uh, tap it to roll a D20. If you get a one through nine, put a Component Counter on Component Pouch. If you get a 10 through 20, put two Component Counters on Component Pouch and you can tap it to remove a component counter from component pouch and add two mana of different colors. So, I honestly, the reason I picked this one is I was like, there's no bad effect. It's either I'm getting two mana or I'm getting a free dice roll that beefs up my commander.
0: And I think, like, I completely agree with you, and I think, like, if it was 15 through 20, 14 through 20 or something like that, then it gets a little sweatier right but this is just the fact that you have a 1 in 4 chance it's going to pay for itself in two turns you know what i mean like or even pay pay for itself and more plus 1 um, yeah so yeah i i i think this is cool do you think that this is this is too sweaty to put in normal decks right with the with the glut of three three color mana three colorless mana rocks that we have
1: yeah unless you're doing like a proliferate deck
0: mm, i can see it being mm-hmm. really
1: good in a proliferate deck ooh very good. Now oh yeah. Now here's the that's challenge. Really... It's two mana of different colors. So even though legally you could run this in a monocolored deck because nothing's highlighted on the card, you just kind of need to be aware of if you do it like in a monocolored or if it's like right. I need to white, this will not give you white, white, or black, black. Right. You're gonna have to like... do a different
0: which is funny because like usually that's like a plus, right? Like for a lot yeah. of times the ones that give you one two of one color kind of stifles you, which is like, and that's I think that's why it's really good in this deck. Um, but that is, that is an interesting concession. Cause if you are running like mono black Skittles that cares about proliferate, is this yeah. good enough to make the cut? I don't maybe. know. Uh, maybe the only, other, the only other thing I'll say about this, and this is again, why this is stupid for some reason. And in their infinite wisdom, wizards decided to put this one
1: on the list.
0: Great. Great. A card that we all needed an uncommon for 22 cents
1: that you could pull randomly hey, out of a <laughs> They needed to fill the list.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: All right. Well, what's your last green card? This is one this was
0: I think your number one pick from this was a there's there was something I don't remember if it was a set review or something but when this card came out you were hot on it for the right reasons cuz for one okay. for one thing it's just a, it's just a better it's just a better manolith right we have another we have another three drop that gives you a, a one man of any color and We have joked in the past that this is something that is like, it's a nice to have, right? Like it's, it's like a cool, maybe you'll get it. You're not losing anything for it. But this one, now that we're going to be rolling so many dice becomes kind of a powerhouse tutor
1: in it, because I think it's going to be pretty easy to get to the hundred charge counters that you need on it. So here's the interesting thing. I have that card in my list, but I actually have it in the yeast section. Oh, so that's interesting that you have it here. We're talking about a thing one, that's like a two, three, vexing, puzzle, vexing box. puzzle box. Okay, cool. I was like, wait a minute.
0: Like, I, I don't, I don't know how did I not sell that any better? Okay, uh, I'll read it this time. So, three color for an artifact that's a mythic rare from uh, Baldur's Gate. Uh, whenever you, and it's about 350, 380. Whenever you roll one or more dice, put a number of charge counters on vexing puzzle box equal to the result. Um, tap, add one man of any color, roll a d20 but then tap, remove 100 charge counters from Vexing Puzzle Box, search the library for an artifact card, put that onto the battlefield, and then shuffle. So mm-hmm. you so you put it in the East thinking that we're going to be able to get that 100 charge counters fairly quickly once this very comes out. Very
1: easy. Yeah. Okay. Like, I can almost see it, Big Tuck, and I'm not doing Magical Christmas Land. With the way that this deck should be built, you should probably be able to get very close to that 100 the turn it comes in.
0: Really? With all the other... There's words, a-
1: there's more D20 roll cards than there are yeah. the other, like, five combined. Okay. So if yeah, you're yeah. always rolling D20s and using your Barbarian class to get rid of the lowest number to roll again, I mean, oh, yeah. you, might be, you might be loading 40-plus counters per resolution of a card. How m- let me ask you
0: another question. How many of your yeast cards roll D20s?
1: I don't know.
0: Okay, that's fine. It's nothing wrong with that. I was just curious because like, I had some... We'll talk We'll talk about when we get there. But anyways, for me, just to wrap up my, my grain section, like I said, it's a mana rock. It's a better manolith. Hashtag suck it, Squee McGee. This is truly a better manolith because even if you don't, you, you get something for doing nothing, right? It's like a long-term investment, right? People, mm-hmm. people aren't going to try to kill this thing until it gets too late. And then by then, you've already gotten all your value out of it.
1: Yeah, and the reason I'll just kind of give my yeast explanation is because this is kind of like a Voltron deck, I do, things, I do see things like Akroma's Memorial being important oh, in here. yeah. And like how, how backbreaking would it be to like, vexing puzzle box, Akroma's Memorial, I'm smacking you in the yeah. face for Over. however <laughs> much. Um, or, you know, Voltron decks, getting swords, beast yeah. and famine, fire and dice. Yes, fire and dice. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I feel like if you're doing Voltron, most Voltron need some sort of artifact Kind of help boost and just by playing the game you're going to be cracking this yeah. puzzle box let's go worst case scenario once every third turn using two turns to get the counters on it then that third turn to actually use it um i mean that's that's very very strong
0: yeah completely agree uh, and the best last thing i'll say about it is it's not it's not a one-time deal right you remove your 100 charge counters and you still have it around right you still get to keep it. So if you go get something that doubles your mana or something along those lines, you're just just straight gas straight
1: off to the races. All right. Well, my last green card is a dragon that loves his treasures. Ancient Copper Dragon. Ah, yeah. 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 Come on. How it's could so, I so not? It's so strong. It's so strong. So, so four colorless, red, red, six, five, flyer, elder dragon. Isn't that funny that it's an elder dragon, but it's not a legendary? Like, I would feel like if you're an elder dragon, you would be a legendary. This is going down. So, Uh not every dragon in
0: Dungeons and Dragons, you can meet like in the wild an ancient dragon that's not like a thing of legend. That's just like he's one, he was one of 16 dragon children, and four of them grew up to be this old. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's it. That's all I got. Like, that's the only reason why I also think it's silly, which is again kind of why I think it's silly that we're mixing these two worlds with whatever, you know, Mitsu Like I said, the greatest example, Miskimu, one of the best Planeswalkers ever printed in the game, literally can't form a straight sentence because he's taken too many hits to the head. So there you go.
1: So uh, it it has flying, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, uh, roll a d20, and you get that many treasure tokens equal to the result. So it's giving us our dice roll. It's an insanely powerful effect that hopefully we're getting at least 10 plus treasures per hit, Mm -hmm. and God only knows what that's going to do for us in this deck. And because we are kind of going into that Voltron piece, and I kind of talked about it, we're going to have artifacts and equipments most likely in the final build that would help protect and beef up our commander. Nothing says we can't put those things on ancient copper dragon. And hey, it's not commander damage, but how do you? How would you like to take fourteen double strike, and then oh my god, and then he double strikes, and you roll two d20s and get like forty treasures? That's disgusting. Alter the brood.
0: Oh, there you go. Uh, do you think if you can find this card somewhere for $40, it's like an immediate pickup, right? It looks like the lowest is 46 because they're never going to reprint it. Right? Like, I think that's a price. that's only going to go up.
1: No, it'll get reprinted.
0: What? When?
1: And, and like a uh, commander, they'll probably do it in the next commander set that comes oh, out. Oh
0: yeah. I could see that. That'd be so, awesome. That'd be but, so uh, sad.
1: 40, $46. I don't think it's good enough for that. Unless you're doing a, a that um perforo sneak attack deck, mm-hmm, As, mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. like six mana, no haste. Um, it has evasion, but it has no protection. Yeah, and people are immediately gonna try to kill it. Yeah, so this is like this is like a game warping card, right? Yes, it, it very much is. Um, if it was something that you just got in a pack, I would say hold on to it, do not sell it. But I don't know if it is so powerful enough and resilient enough that it's worth me spending a net new 40 bucks yeah for sure all right well that's gonna wrap up the grain section now before we head over to our hot profile we would love for you to check out our etsy store we mentioned earlier at etsy.com cmd tower in the search bar um we do have our holiday sweaters our foil play mats our sleeves everything you could possibly need for your Magic gathering experience um and if you sign up for even our three dollar patreon you do get a 20 percent discount so, please, uh, anything you guys do on there definitely goes back into the channel. Etsy.com, CMD Tower, in that search bar. Now we're going to head over to the hops. And Big Tuck, I'm curious where you're going to go with this. Because your, your grains, I, I could pretty much guess that. You know, Desting sure. Puzzle Box, Barbarian Class, Component Pouch, totally makes sense. The hops section, I think we're going to be able to get a little wild. I
0: got, I got one that's really good, and then two that are more on the theme. So Okay. I'm going to start with the wilder one because you're there's a million effects to this version cuz this card does deal with giving haste, right? But I think that we've already identified that there's a lot of uh, tokens being put on, a lot of counters being put on things and that sort of thing. So, I think one that will automatically give haste everything that you need plus be able to slowly pump up your commander is one that's wor- that's a, one of the better ones in the slot. I've seen this card do work. And that card is invigorating hot springs. So a colorless and gruel, that's a colorless, a green, and a red for an enchantment out of Kamigawa, the most recent one for eight cents. It enters the battlefield with four one-one counters on it. Then modified creatures you control have haste, equipment or as you control, and counters are modification. Then you can remove a counter from invigorating hot springs, put a one-one counter on target creature you control, activate this ter- only as a sorcery and only once each turn. So for me. Your commander is going to be able to get a counter on it fairly regularly, right? Like we're going to be rolling dice and all that jazz. So it's immediately going to be off the gates there. I like the fact that this can also get the counter train going. If we want to play into things like doubling season and that sort of stuff, this is going to be a way that we can at least get a first counter onto our commander, even if we don't have um, even if we don't have any dice rolling mechanics in our hand, then obviously I think the haste part is huge in this deck. We want this deck to kind of come out of nowhere. In comparative to Fires of Yagamaya or um, the other one where it's like it, people gain Riot, this is the one that I feel like is the best suit for this deck.
1: This is interesting. Um, hmm. So you like this more than um, the Fires?
0: Yes. And the other one, the, what's a Riot one? There's one that gives the, the things you have Riot. Uh, Rhythm of the, the,
1: no, is it not Rhythm of the Wild? That's the Garouk draw no, card. Um, is it Rhythm I of think the it Wild? Is Rhythm of the
0: Wild. Yes, it is. It is rhythm of the wild.
1: Oh, okay. So you like this more than rhythm of the wild?
0: Yes, mostly because this will give the counter and give haste. That's why I like mm. it more because we can get the counter game rolling. Whereas with rhythm of the wild, you kind of only get one or the other.
1: Gotcha. And also, gotcha.
0: And, and also from not, I, we all know budget is everything. But rhythm of the wild is sneaking up around five dollars, wow. which is quite a bit, right? Especially for yeah. uh, what's kind of a jank, dice rolling deck. Again, money isn't everything. But I feel that I like the fact that you can
1: kind of do both with this one. Um, all right. My next one. It's a bit expensive, CMC. A oh, here only a we buck. We're rolling a couple D12s, baby. And we're either uh, dealing a lot of damage to Creech or we're making some treasures. Hold on. What's this? How about, this about a little called? reckless endeavor? Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Five colorless red, red sorcery, dollar 8 Roll two D12s. Choose one result. Reckless Endeavor deals damage equal to that result to each creature, then create a number of treasure tokens equal to the other result. I love this card because it's so freaking modal, it's not even funny. Because, let's just say you get a 10 and a 4. It's like, okay, do I want 10 treasures and 4 damage to each creature? Okay, like maybe my commander lives um, and it kind of kills everything but man, I got 10 treasures. Or is it you know what? I'd rather just get four treasures and deal complete board wipe, almost a, a blasphemous wipe. act type of effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll take that instead. Like, and then if you have your barbarian class out there, you're rolling a third one and it's like, okay, how do I want to do this? Yeah. I, I love this card so much. I wish it was more playable in other decks. Cause this seems <laughs> like it'd be a lot of fun to resolve.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's expensive, but again, I'm not worried about mana in this deck particularly. Right. Like, I think we're going to get off to the races and be in, be able to get this out early. So yeah, I, I think this is like borderline. I think it's like a staple in any deck that cares about dice rolling, right? It kind of has to be yeah. because it's just so strong. Um and it's also kind of a chaotic card, which we know I'm a huge fan of. I like the fact that it could go one way or another and you don't know mm-hmm. until you see the results of the dice.
1: Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Um Hell all yeah. right, Chuck, give us your next hop. So you would say after I explained this card to you,
0: Big Tuck why don't you just play deflecting swat because it's kind of a better version of this. And to which I say, you, sir, have not understood the point of the deck because it's not reverberate, but it is in fact a reversal.
1: Oh yes, it is. Three, three, two, one. Wild wild reversal. reversal! Two colorless red instant. Suck it. Oh
0: yes. Snuck it away from me. And it's a 30 cents. Okay. Choose a target and spell or ability with one or more targets. Roll a D 20 with, and add the greatest power among creatures you control, which is insane. Yes. Insane. So Let's one through go. 14, you may choose new targets for that spell or ability 15. You may choose new targets, for that spell or ability, then copy it. Then you may choose new targets for the copy. I mean, our commander is going to be at least 10. Most of the time I would wager to guess, right? If not even higher than that, depending on how fast Hopefully. we can roll. So, the downside of it, like, it's it's kind of the same. If this card didn't have the greatest power among creatures you control, I think it's still fine in this deck. I think it's a little sweatier, right? Sure. Be- because it's a lot more chance-based. But the fact that we're playing creatures, it's gruel. We're going to make these creatures huge. This is going to be such a blowout on the right card, right? Oh, yeah. Saving our, saving our commander, killing someone else's commander, who knows what. Taking extra turns. The uh, the possibilities are limitless.
1: Now, I will say for for everyone that's pulling out their hair right now, yes, deflecting swat is better than this card Correct. even in yes. this deck, even in this deck. But if you wanted to have a second deflecting swat, yes, yes, wilds reversal, absolutely. Or you just can't afford a deflecting swat because they're probably like fifty bucks now or whatever, forty dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, the greatest power thing. And so I don't go as magical Christmas land as you do. Sure. I would think our commander is probably going to be six most of the oh, time. Okay. okay like that six to seven realm when you think about it when creatures are above 10 and they don't have any protection on them they don't last uh, so, yeah that's that's very true um but you know i think if, if it's at six it's like okay we just have to roll a nine on a d20 so we actually have a a, a let's call it you know 50 what's that 54 chance no 55 percent chance to get to yeah. 15 plus i think that is absolutely yeah. worth it plus most people are actually going to be thinking if you're holding up three mana, it's Chaos Warp. And, oh, and like true. The deck, yeah, they will not even see this coming. Exactly. Do you think that this is
0: like this card is even better than like a Reverberate or something along those lines in this deck, right? By a country mile. Like any of those no, not, not copy a country spells? mile because a
1: Reverberate's just two mana.
0: Right, but it only it copies the spell. It doesn't change the target of it.
1: Yeah, but most of the time when you're using reverberate, it's to reverberate a counterspell, and then you're redirecting sure. it at your reverberate. So right, right. that that's where I, I don't think that applies. Um because I don't see many people trying to use reverberate when people's swords to plowshares are path to exile. It's like okay, whatever. Because right. like you said, it can't redirect it. Um but no, I, I think this is a cool card. And I think as long as it as long as you either can't afford a deflecting SWAT or you just want deflecting SWAT two in the deck, yeah, I think right. it works great.
0: Round two. Right there with you. Right. I
1: think this card. is crazy good. So the one I wanted to talk about next for me, and this will be my last card, I wonder once you actually get the deck done, how much ETB effects will be in here. ETB do this, ETB do that. And so I kind of wonder if like a Conjurer's Closet may make sense if you have like 10, 15 creatures. They're not my card though. Oh. I think this card's good enough just for the one time you get to do it. But I think if you're able to repeat it, this thing becomes backbreaking in your hops for Earth, Cult, Elemental. Four colorless, red, red, creature, Elemental, 6, 6. When it ETBs, roll a D20. Oh. One through nine, each player sacks a permanent. 10 through 19, each opponent sacks a permanent. Get a nat 20, each opponent sacrifices two permanent. And it's four cents. So right. I really see this card as big dude going to get us a dice roll. It's going to do what our commander wants. And yeah, you know what, maybe we end up having to sacrifice one of the treasures that we've made or a land if yeah. we get the 139. Most likely, we're going to have cards like Barbarian's class out there where we're going to be rolling two D20s. And hey, I got a one-on-one, but I got 11 on the other. Okay, each opponent sacrifices a permanent. Yeah. Um, but on the off chances, you can get that 20. That's amazing. But I think if there's a way that you can blink this on each of your turns and you're able to repeat it over and over and over, or even sacrifice itself to a fling effect and then bring it back from the graveyard, I think that's where Earth Cut Elemental honestly becomes a standard for this deck, as long yeah. as you have some sort of package in there. But even without that, I think it's fine just to get us that dice roll, and now we got a 6-6 six, six body as a blocker or attacker.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think there's a lot of if you go to like the EDH 8 direct page for the space family you see a lot of creatures that are just like the etb and do something right they roll a dice mm-hmm. and you gain life or if you get super lucky something amazing happens whereas i feel like this one is pretty solid across the board right for an uncommon it's it's you're paying six for a six six put a if you if you're playing a vicarian hot springs it's a seven seven with haste i feel like out of all the uh, out of most of the creatures that are like ETB, roll dice, this is one of the strongest options by a huge, huge margin.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, Tuck, why don't you complete the hop section with your last card? Uh, So this is
0: in Prosper, and this is a card that I've always thought was very interesting, but I don't know why it wasn't in another one. It is a land, which I like as well, and it doesn't come into play untapped. Or Sorry, it comes into play untapped. So we are talking about Underdark Rift. So this is another Uncommon from the original Forgotten Realms for $0.09. Also part of the list for $0.17. If you really need to get that list version, great. It enters the battlefield, and you can tap it to add a colorless. It doesn't come into play tapped. And then five colorless, tap, exile it, roll a d10, put target artifact, creature, or planeswalker into its opponent's library just beneath the top X cards of the library, where X is the result, activate only as a sorcery, which is kind of the stinky part of it, right? Like, this card would be a lot better to be more responsive. But for me, it's like if you're really looking for another dice roll mechanic and you want to get, and you also want to remove something that's potentially going to untap and take you out of the game or something that's going to be really hard to deal with. I feel that this is like a solid card for that fill, especially with this dice rolling mechanic behind it.
1: Man, wouldn't this be great if the uh, commander replacement effect didn't exist? <laughs> um, oh man, let so me good. commander eight below or six below. Yeah. Um, I like this. I mean, I don't like that. It exiles itself. Um Yeah. And so, but, you know, I think the good thing is that being in two colors, you can have five to 10 slots of utility lands without worrying about hurting your colors.
0: Absolutely.
1: Even though I'm not super hot on the card, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't put it in, especially for less than a dime. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, on the off chance you do use it, great. 99% of the time, it's probably just a colorless land.
0: You're just tapping it, yeah. And potentially potentially threatening or making, you know, trying to make some sort of political deal with it, which is how I'd play the card and how I've played it before as well.
1: All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the hop section. Now we're going to head to our game winning area, but before we do, we would love for you guys to check out abyssproxyshop.com. And if you do make a purchase there, be sure to use code CMD tower. This is a proxy provider that we have partnered up with. You can see on screen our great CMD tower proxy. That's actually, um, a command tower proxy obviously and so uh, very high quality cards uh, with our code you do get 10% off um, plus they do uh, custom decks uh, I want to say it's usually about $400 but that's a completely custom art deck uh, pulled from whatever images you want to provide whatever card style frame art all of that and you can still use your CMD tower discount to get a, a 10% off of that bad boy uh, but prices start at just three dollars i think the foils go up to six um so it's definitely affordable and hey wizards of the coast is charging a thousand dollars for four packs of proxies i think you guys can go out and spend 10 15 bucks at abyssproxyshop.com code cmd tower now we're gonna head over to the yeast section and uh, let's see i'm gonna start with a card that usually i'm not a big fan of but i like it in here because it's an introducing dice rolling A little bit of chaos It's going to require our opponents to maybe have a certain type of spell in their library that we're going to be able to cast for free. We are talking Wands of Wonder. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Three colorless red artifact with an activated ability of four colorless tap. Roll a d20. Each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card, then shuffle the rest into the library may cast up to X instant or sorceries from among the cards exiled this way without paying their mana cost. If your D20 result is a 1 through 9, X equals 1. 10 through 19, X equals 2. 20, X equals 3. So once again, I think for me with this deck, with our dice manipulation, we're probably always going to be in the X equals 2 realm. And now, how great is that going to feel? Plus, I love that the exiled cards do not go on the bottom of the... Uh, Libraries. If you uh, at the end of turn, if you decide not to cast them, they stay in exile. So it's like, oh, that's an all is dust. How about we yes. leave that in exile? Yeah. I don't. Oh, counter spell, force of will, leave that stuff out of here. But most likely, I would hope if the X is two, at least one of the two is going to be draw three cards. Uh, maybe it's a tutor. Yes. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a rift, and you're able to just single target something. I think there's just too much value with this, yep. and instant and sorceries in library is a better gamble for me than like a diluvian primordial life where I hopefully you casted one at some point in the game that I'll actually want to then cast again.
0: Yeah, I completely agree here. Um, I think that even in, even in creature heavy or non instant sorcery spell decks, there are cards that are going to be really good for them that you don't want them to get right. Yep. Tutoring equipment, so on and so forth. So slam dunk here. And I will say this, um, One thing I just noticed that's kind of cool is that the wand turns into that Dungeons and Dragons ampersand. That makes it look like, oh
1: yeah, that's kind of cool.
0: Remember how like we always joke about how the Dungeons and Dragons cards with the ampersands on them are like a gazillion dollars. Yeah, so that's why, yeah, that's why I think this card. I'm I'm here for this card a lot. I think this is really fun. Add a little chaos into the game. Never have to never have to argue that for me.
1: All right, well, Tuck, uh, why don't you give me your first yeast card, and I'll see if I can argue with you on that.
0: Okay, I got two. I got this is, this is a plus. I got two pluses. Okay? I got a card and a card. So the first one is the other ancient dragon that we can run in here, which is ancient bronze dragon, which is also incredible. So five colorless double green for a 7-7 seven, seven flyer. That's a mythic for around $8. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. When you do, put X 1-1 one, one counters on up to each of two target creatures where X is the result. So that's a lot. That's a lot of counters, right? Either on itself or on something else, potentially. Um, I like the fact that it's up to two target creatures. So if you only have the one, it's still got to get your value out of there. You're going to make your commander huge. Give him his trample with everything else that we're doing after the race is there. So I assume you're good on that one.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this card is just stupid because you don't even have to split up the plus counters. If you decide to put it on, it just says on each of up to two. Wait, hold on. Am I reading that wrong? I think I'm I think I might be trying to overbreak this card. Yeah, Each I think two- I'm wrong. Wait, what? Yeah. I but the way my brain initially processed it was like, wait, if I get like a 17, do I put 17 counters on one and 17 on another? Oh. Wait. Isn't is it Is that? Hold on. When you do No, no, no. no X, where X is the X is the result. So I think you'd have to divide them. Put Okay, when you do, so let's say it's 17 like you said, right?
0: When you do put 17 1 1 counters on each of up to two target creatures,
1: I think you get 17 for both of them. Oh my God. It's not, it's not so distributed, disgusting. it's just there. That's disgusting. Right? <laughs> How? Okay. Well, see, I think you and I must be wrong because there's no way that the card actually does that. And you can pick up one for $7. Because
0: it's a dice roll and like treasures are more powerful than 1 1 counters, right? I guess. All right. But so, think, what's
1: this apparent like second okay. card you're like, comboing with
0: oh it's incredible uh this i've I, I can't remember this is one that should be banned for me talking one of the other podcasts i talked about recently they like ban themselves from talking about other movies if they talk about it 10 times or more which would be funny if we went through and found that but again just with this card alone you can make a huge swing in the game if you connect one time because then what you do is you play the big tuck staple desperately needing a reprint of Shandra's ignition Three colorless double red for a sorcery. Target creature you control deals damage to its power to each other creature and each opponent. So again, put seventeen on. So if that's a let's keep going with the seventeen, right? That's a, let's say ten, right? Let's say ten, okay. half, half, no other factors. So if you can connect with Bronze Dragon and you get fifty percent of it, you then cast it and it's dealing seventeen to each other opponent and seventeen to each other creature. And then you just swing in and get an even bigger next turn. That's just on him, let alone on the space family goblinson that we've been slamming counters on and making huge the
1: entire game. Wow.
0: It's it's not that much to ask, right? <laughs> it's not that much to ask to pull these two things off.
1: So, okay, we've talked about two of the dragons, that it's like deal damage and you roll dice. Yeah. Like, do we need to put just double strike effects in the deck?
0: Uh, where was one? Hold on.
1: I mean, I definitely think a Chroma's Memorial fits in the deck. Uh, just with the space family and our tutor for artifacts, but like, I'm really wondering, like, do we want to try to get these guys like over and over and over? So hold on, hold that thought for my next one. Hold that thought for my next one. Hold on to that. Oh God. I just realized that, uh, aggravated assault and ancient copper dragon almost goes infinite as long as you always get above five. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) God. All right. Uh, well, that was crazy. Uh, that <laughs> definitely blew my wand of wonder away. Well, I had vexing puzzle box in here, I've already talked sure. about it. So, the last one I'm gonna end on with my yeast package is a Hydra with XX. Oh, that was really, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's really good. Yeah, Never Winter Hydra. Uh, yes. this card is bananas. So, Never Winter Hydra XX green green. So, if you're not familiar with X cards, If it says XX and you put two total mana into that, that would be X equals one. So basically just think those are mana costs and they whatever you put into one X, you have to put into the other X. Uh, It's a zero, zero. And at ETBs, roll XD6s. It enters with a number of plus one counters on it equal to the total of those results. It does have trample and it does have ward four. Whenever it becomes the target of a spell or ability, opponent controls counter it unless they pay four. So for me, this seems like such an amazing card. We're getting all these treasures like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do X equals 10. So for 22 mana, yeah. I'm going to roll 10 D sixes. That's 10 triggers for the family goblins and probably going to command damage someone out. Um, and then your Chandra's ignition, who God knows how big this thing's going to be. Oh, d sixes, the potential 60 power. And then you it's... got your barbarian class allowing you to roll again like, I would imagine as long as you're able to do two rolls for each X, if you did X equals 10, there's no way this thing's less than 45 power.
0: No, it's so good. And the ward is huge, right? Because people are going to be like, oh, I can just swords the plowshare it. Not anymore. Sorry, you're wrong. Uh, I think that this is completely, and this complete example is the way that I think this deck wins, right? Just with this, like, huge dice rolling, these huge power creatures, and figuring out some way that we're going to be able to make huge, huge, big swings with them, too.
1: Yep. Totally agree. All right, Tuck. Well, you're the only one left with some uh, yeasty stuff. What do you got? All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to save my favorite of the yeast for last.
0: The first one I think is going to be really good. Like we talked about, we're going to have plenty of big swinging creatures, right? There's going to be piles of them. So I think Indomitable Might is going to be a way that we're really going to get a lot of utility out of these. So three colorless and a green for an enchantment aura. It's Flash enchant creature enchantment creature gets plus three plus three but most importantly enchanted creatures controller may have it assign its combat damage at the, as though it weren't blocked so for me this is like a one-shot kill with our goblinson, right there could be a time where we run out of dice rolls right like there's only so many of them and we're like i just we don't have any left right mm-hmm. um this way you already get the buff up which is great but the signing combat damage even if we can't get it to have the trample, we're still going to go through, and even if they want to block or triple block or quadruple block, whatever the case may be, this is like a single-player single, single player removal is how I kind of view this card in the right circumstance in this deck.
1: Yeah, I like it. I mean, this could also um, be for, hey, I really need to get my dragon through to roll yes. the d20 for the stuff. Like, hey, I'll flash it onto that. I mean, it's not it's not what I would like to do. I'd like to do it on the command damage, but I think we're going to have enough big things in here that this will see a lot of play i wish it wasn't four mana that kind of sucks i know like
0: i I, but i think i don't know i don't think mana is going to be an issue in this deck you know like i think gruel decks just
1: lean heavy into this you don't think you think you think the cfc is going to be out of control i do um i'm kind of curious do you think Rancor goes in here i think so like that was
0: that was kind of on the list right like i think rancor is a really good addition into it because you're we're doing the voltron thing right and just having some semblance of evasion on our commander that's repeatable and cheap is probably worth it i don't know i yeah i think rancor is criminally underplayed in decks i think people want to just play it and spam or enchantment decks where in reality it's like one of the most efficient ways to win with a voltron commander so i think that would be a great i think that'd be a great inclusion too
1: okay well uh what is your final yeast thing that apparently you are hot and excited for
0: we talked about double strike right and there's a myriad of things that do double strike, that do pluses, all that other stuff. But since we are, you, you said it yourself, right? The most uh, the most common die that we're probably going to be rolling are going to be D6s or D20s, right? Pretty much across the board. So that's where this instant comes into play. Critical hit. So a Cullis in Red for an instant. Target creature gains double strike until end of turn. Whenever you roll a nat 20... Return critical hit from your graveyard Ooh, to your
1: hand. I like yeah, that.
0: Right. So even if we are blowing this on one of our ancient copper dragons or neverwinter hydra or whatever, just to swing in a pile of damage, we have the chance with the barbarian class and the other things that let us reroll to try to get it back later in the game. So I kind of view this as like a vexing puzzle box where it's like you're. This is a game winning card that also will reward you just for playing what you want to do in the deck
1: yeah I, right this is so this is sick so right good yeah like this seems like the kind of card if there was enough dice rolling in like a feather deck like it's like hey it's kind of like a backup feather because you will yeah, always yeah, be yeah. able to rebound it if you need to um i really like this this is this is, is sexy too- so what about this
0: if in your feather deck right if that say that you just added in two cards this Vexing puzzle box that's I know that's sweaty. I know I I know that's sweaty. It's not slimy, it be, it's
1: sweaty. I don't think Vexing Puzzle Box has a home in a feather deck, because to be honest, most feather decks don't do the artifact stuff. It's all mm, the hand oh. trip spells. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um now Vexing Puzzle Box could have a home in my mono white Esha deck. That could actually be something where it's like, hey, it's really just a mana rock, but maybe. I crack it and I'm going in tutoring up whatever disgusting yeah, artifacts you get, I you want. Just get lucky, or or even my mono white vehicle deck like that could oh, be good. Yeah, 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 lattice bringing that out. Um, so I do think there's a oh god, Cardolth Forge Master. Um, Jesus, that's that's nasty.
0: So Vex so vexing puzzle box is not enough to put if you're just doing vexing. So if you're playing, is there a deck where you feel like because you have vexing puzzle box, this is also a splash if it's combat focused in these colors. Or is it too? Or is it too much to ask not only to get vexing puzzle box, but to also roll a, a d20 and get more than one use out of this?
1: Yeah, I, I I think you'd have to have more than vexing puzzle box. I think a okay. critical yeah. hit to be in your deck. You probably need let's just call it ten dice rolling cards mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, you should at least have ten percent of your deck involve dice rolling, so that way you do have like a effectively maybe once per game you end up getting a dice rolling card so then you yeah. could actually do this
0: okay yeah that makes sense but we talked about i think this is another i think that because ancient copper dragon is so good that's like okay yeah. if you're if you're in for a pound if you're in for a penny with that like is there other cards that like will's reversal that's also red you are like okay we're
1: kind of getting close maybe maybe Yeah, maybe 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 um, Going to wrap up our yeast package. And before we head over to Respice, we would love for you, you know, obviously, if you guys are watching us out on Twitch right now, thank you so much. tv slash CMD Tower. Um, we do want to highlight Slinging Cardboard Rectangles. That is our gameplay series where we do play with patrons and other content creators across the community. Um, but actually, you guys will hear this before the episode actually airs. <laughs> so in the month of November, I'll be taking that over for Big Tuck. Um, the episode on the 14th is going to have uh, two. Very exciting uh, creators out there! Uh, EDH uh, Neo Royale. Uh, we're gonna oh, have great. Uh, We're gonna have SV Sharpie, and we're actually gonna be doing Plane Chase on SCR. Pretty nice. excited about that. And then November twenty eighth, that will be me, our moderator, Marketing Ross. But very excited, Jim from the Spike Feeders, and Sean from Commanders Brew is gonna be on. We're nice. basically doing any background. You could take any of your commander decks and assign a background in the command zone. It just has to match the color identity. So if you're out for some crazy uh, gameplay action, definitely subscribe to our Twitch channel so you get those alerts at twitch.tv slash cmdtower. Now let's head over to the spice, and Big Tuck, I'll let you start. What is the first spice card you thought would be cool in this already spicy deck?
0: Okay, so this is one that I thought you were going to talk about in the yeast so, I have two. I have one that I think is good and one I put in here mostly just to see your reaction, like I said. So, I'm going to go with the good one first and end on okay. the last one. So, this one I think is sneaky kind of good, but I don't know if it's going to be – if there's enough oompta here to make a difference. So, this is a, a curse
1: in red. <gasps> yes, it is. Okay. You thought this was a spite too? Oh, yeah. three, Okay. Two, one. Maddening, Maddening Hex. Hex. Wow!
0: Call so in good. a red red for an enchantment. Uh, that's a rare.
1: It's $12. What? Holy shit. Oh my god. Uh, uh, enchant player. Whenever enchanted player casts what? a non-creature spell, roll a d6. Maddening Hex deals damage to that player equal to the result. Then attach Maddening Hex to another one of your opponents chosen at random. I love this card for this deck. It's so yeah. spicy. Yeah.
0: Why is it twelve dollars though? I don't know the borderless copy is twenty one I know this has only been printed in one precon um from whatever that was. I'm pretty sure, but like i so okay, price is very surprising. um the reason why I put this in the spice personally is because it's only one through six damage, right, and I don't think it's good and you kind of only get it once a once. Three times the rotation, let's call it, right? Um, potentially, unless it reattaches to them. So I feel like that's why it's a spicy card, right? It's not going to really help you win the game. It's kind of just like moving it along. It doesn't really ramp you or anything like that. So that's why I think it's a spice card. You're on so the same for boat with me,
1: that? You, I think you put it to your first person to your left. The mm. very first spell or non-creature spell they're going to cast. It's going to trigger. And then it's basically you're guaranteed getting another one from one of the other two opponents. So, like, your initial rotation, you're getting two dice rolls. And actually, for me, it's not so much the damage. This is allowing us to do dice rolls on our opponent's turns for the Space Family Mm -hmm. Goblin. That's more my thing. But then even, Tuck, say it goes on the middle of your three opponents, you have a 50-50 shot that'll go to the player to your right. And then when they go, you could care less which one of the other two it goes to. Um, I think this is also going to cause a lot of your blue players to kind of pause do yeah. I want to do a counter spell? Because then I'm, you know, probably gonna be taking this damage. Um, you know, is it gonna bait people? Like, hey, I just need to get something right. out because I need this curse off of me, and then that way I can just kind of focus. So I think this will actually become this funny political card where your opponents, because you don't control where it goes. It attaches to someone. Right. Like, say it goes on Sir Nathan, he's like, gosh dang it, I don't want this on me. And he just casts something really quick just to get it to switch. I think it creates this turmoil amongst your opponents.
0: Uh, okay, I just realized why this card is so much. Because in Legacy and Vintage, it always is going to go back to the same opponent over and over and over again. Oh,
1: oh God. <laughs> oh, that's so not funny. how we pl- Not how we play, but hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, well, we both shared that one. I did have one other as well. And let's just say it's a bag of tricks. It's go ahead. Bag of tricks. Okay, <laughs> it's this bag of tricks. Uh, so for me, a colorless green artifact, um, four colorless green tap. Roll a d8. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with a mana value equal to the result. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And uh, you can get it for eleven cents. So the reason I put this in the spice is because I don't actually know how much creatures we're going to have in the deck. And if it's if it's truly going to be valuable, I mean, I'm going to assume being in Gruul, we're going to at least have 15 creatures, 17. I just don't know dice yeah. rolling to like non-creature spell side to the creature side, like what that actually looks like. And if you actually want to have a good dice rolling deck, maybe it's 30% creatures, 70% non-creatures. So then it's like, am I really getting the value? Yeah. Um. You know, potentially, is the D8 going to hit mo- all of your creatures? Like, even if you get a, an eight. Will that be able to hit all of them? Or are you going to have some potential 9, 10s, 11s yeah. um, that you're going to miss out on? Um, are you going to freaking hit? Because it's not even a May ability. You have to put it out. Yeah. Like How bad would it feel to do the Hydra? And it's like, gosh dang it. Um, okay, yeah. it comes out. So it, it it is a spice card because you're not always going to be happy with the result. But I think at least getting that that dice roll consistently, yeah. I think you will be happy about that.
0: And so I do like, I think this is definitely spice because it says equal to result, right? If it was equal or less, I think that's a lot stronger because you Mm -hmm. might get like a three and you've already played all your threes. But I do like the fact that, uh, but I do like the fact that like it just keeps going until it finds one, right? So you're always going to. You're 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 going to if you have if you build your deck right like you said and you have the sprinkling of all the different CMCs in it you're going to get something out of it you're it's not going to always be a whiff right which where it's like a lot of these cards where it's like reveal the top eight cards of your library and put a creature card onto them then you completely get hosed on them for a five man investment so I agree this is definitely a spice and and can be better or worse depending on how you build your deck out
1: yeah, and then the last thing I'll point out is that at least they designed the cards where we're not restricted during our turn or sorcery speed. Yes, you could do yes. this whenever you feel like it,
0: yeah. gives you something to do on if if your board's wiped out and you just like you're kind of low on gas, it gives you something something to do,
1: something, yeah, all right, Tuck, you're the last one with the spice. Which one are you gonna have me apparently rip my hair out? You trashed this
0: card so much in my prosper deck. I still think it's great. But in this one, it does give you a free dice roll for four mana and is also a mana rock when you need it. We're talking about our boy, Ebony Fly. You know it. You love it. Two colorless for an artifact. and enters the battlefield tapped. You can tap it for a colorless. Four. Roll a D6 until end of turn. You may have it become an XX flying xx insect artifact creature token or sorry for sorry xx insect artifact creature with flying or x is the result whenever it attacks another targeting creature gains flying until end of turn you only need this and the goblin out there because you're going to swing this into someone who doesn't have fly after you roll a d6 three times and the late game you, you get your uh your commander flying it's got his evasion you don't even have to worry about trample and then bam Starts headshotting people in the early game. It's a mana rock, innocuous. Late game, this is how you can win it out. Another form of evasion, all for a pittance of twenty cents. It's good in the deck.
1: It's fine in the deck because here's actually the the one thing in kind of reading. Um, I'm just going through the rules. Yeah. So uh, the one thing with this card is that you would have to stack all your activated abilities because it becomes oh. That I think it I think it might lose its effect. It might lose it, sure. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Um, so definitely don't quote me on that. Would love for you guys to comment about how wrong I am I, about it. But uh um, yeah, comment shard smart. That's the only thing that I kind of look at is like maybe if you are trying to get multiple d6 rolls, you'd have to pay it multiple times. Um but it's it's fine in the deck. It's fine in so the deck. Here's, it's a spice card through and through.
0: Here's so here's the last thing I want to say. If you have the means. You might, if you can build this before SCR in a few weeks or have any inkling, get this. In the errata, while playing Plane Chase, rolling the planar die will cause any ability that triggers whatever a player rolls one or more dice to trigger. However, any effect that refers to a numerical resort will, will ignore the rolling of the planar die.
1: Oh, okay. But just Which, rolling a die, oh. Oh my god, does this just, that's does so this funny. Be,
0: does this just become your Plane Chase deck?
1: I mean, maybe I actually it would probably become too OP for playing chase. I think it'd be strong, right? I think it'd be too strong, too swole, too, too, too sweet, too, too too much family. Um, well, Hey everyone, uh, thanks for making it to the end of the episode. Oh wow! This was absolutely insanity. This was awesome. Um, if if you guys enjoyed it, uh, I know Chard Spark does. Uh, please leave a positive feedback. So subscribe to our channels. Leave a, a star review so others can find us as well. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can get a hold of me at MisterPumadaPro5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for five. Uh, you reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Big Tuck, where can people get a hold of you?
0: Uh, still at Big Tuck tweeting. Uh, I think I posted a couple things this week, maybe, uh, which was kind of surprising. So, um,
1: that's it. That's where I'm at. Come find me. Uh, you guys will be able to find the YouTube video, the audio links, the deck list, all of that good stuff over at cmdtowercom e 159 And of course, if you guys are looking for additional ways to support our channel. You can do it through a myriad of ways. Our Patreon at patreon.com slash cmdtower, abyssproxyshop.com, code cmdtower, and etsy.com cmdtower in the search bar. All three ways are ways that you can support us. The Abyss Proxy Shop gives you a discount. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you get full access into our Discord and opportunities to be on the channel, plus a discount into the Etsy store as well. So, big Tuck, man, this was a wild wild deck um space family Goblinson. i mean do you feel like this potentially could be a viable commander
0: i think so like i think it's going to be sweaty and i don't think it's going to be one that's going to win you a gazillion games right but i think if you're looking for a deck in gruel that does gruel stuff but kind of makes it a little more difficult for you or like you like rolling dice and that's like a fun mechanic for you. This is probably mm-hmm. one of the better ways to do it, in my opinion. Um people will be like, oh, what about the dragon pre-con? It's like that just kind of does gruel stuff. Whereas this, I think, is like a lot more fun, a lot more dynamic, and you get to play a bunch of cards that are relatively cheap, except for the ancient dragons of the world, um and the man named hexes for whatever reason. So yeah, like I, I went into this kind of lukewarm and actually ended on it pretty hot. Like I think this is actually a pretty this could be a really fun deck.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. And I would only hope that they're going to print more dice rolling. Yeah. Like you don't need to have a whole set with a bunch of dice rolling mechanics, but just kind of like how initially treasure started where it was like one or two cards per set was kind of like creating treasures or dealing with it or clues. I think that'd be fine. Like yeah. I don't see anything wrong having dice mechanics in magic the gathering. Um, we've already had coin flip. So dice is just another part of you, tabletop gaming. So every every time oh, I was going to say, I hope that they continue to put more of that in.
0: Every time you play the game you're you're gambling right you're gambling top decks yeah. you're gambling draws you're gambling you're like doing uh the poker thing where you are you're, you're like gambling against other people where you're like are you really gonna block does he really have an answer and that sort of thing so like yeah. it kind of I think it does kind of fit naturally if you want to build it that way
1: yeah for sure um yeah I, I don't know if it could scratch my itch for a build but maybe I might actually include it in the drinkathon for the legends oh that would be fun that would be a fun one all right well, I hope everyone has a fun and safe weekend. If you're catching us live, um, you know we'll have our schedule put out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the recording, I hope we see you all on Monday for hashtag SCR uh, for Lane Chase. Right. See you, everyone. Bye. <laughs>